plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to a weekly edition of the Warriors Plus Minus podcast. Tim Kawakami's on, Marcus Thompson in transit on the pod. Uh, we will get his fuller thoughts on a just what, what must have been a more interesting Phoenix trip than you were expecting, I assume. This was supposed to be an easy affair. I was supposed to be in and out, do a little quick gamer, and you know, it's all good. And then... You know, we, we're doing the show, so I'm on I'm on the, on the flight. They're like, something happened with air traffic control. They're evacuating off. I'm like, yo, now I'm in this like race to get to the podcast. Like, what is happening with this? I don't I don't even understand. Do airlines not value the recording of Warriors Plus Minus? I think we have to question everybody's morality in this. Everybody is being questioned. Everybody. The Phoenix airport historically is like one of like the most delay happy airports, by the way, dust storms and, and all that stuff. You know, it's kind of also, I guess, uh, comparative to the Warriors early season, including the preseason. It's they're two and two. I don't think there's these like massive long term concerns. I'm sure we'll get to some of the shorter term ones, but it's just been turbulence really the whole way through from preseason into this like defensive start that they've had. MT, give us a scene. What, what was it like last night? It percolated, and then it got to, like, this peak. You just kept thinking it was nothing. I think I even got a uh, text from you, Slater, saying spicy, right? It was spicy. You could see, like, so uh, Clay strips Devin Booker, who's, like, trying to take a step back. There's, like, a really good defensive play. One of the very few really good defensive plays they've made <laughs> and have been making. But, you know, he starts talking a little bit. You know, Booker starts talking. I don't know who started it. I'll probably put my money on Clay stripping that shot and saying something. And then Booker responding, right? But they just kept chirping. And the next thing you know, like, Clay was just openly. Like, you know how sometimes they're talking trash to each other. But you kind of got to really pay attention to know that's what's happening. They could just be talking. They could just be having a conversation. In this situation, it was very clear what Clay was doing. He was loud. He was like overt about it, and then he started pulling out his walk. You know that walk when Clay gets in, he starts that sweat. That sweat. Yeah, he's he muttering to himself. <laughs> oh, he's, he's gesturing with his. I mean, he's like gesturing with his hands and pointing to his ring finger. <laughs> he was on one, and then he just started screaming. So then they, you know, they get in each other's face. They got to be broken up. It's a double technical foul, and then like. It's separate. It feels like it's dying down. And Clay just pushes Mikael Bridges off of him. Like, get off me. And he goes to the bench. And then something happens. And now he's trying to get back to them. And Steph is holding him back. And DeMarco's holding him back. And it's like Clay is having to be held back. Like, what is happening? And then he says something to Ed Malloy. And then immediately you can see Ed Malloy is like, what? T, you're out of here. Goodbye. Enough. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> and the refs were on one that, at that point. I think that was the fifth technical foul they called that quarter because Draymond had gotten one, Kerr had gotten one, and then Aiden got, got one. one. It was another one, too, from the Suns, I think. 
it might have been another one where they, they just did one reaction. Russell clearly like we're done here, and so the double technical was like them saying we're done here. But Clay said something, and Malloy was like, "Goodbye, sir. Good day, sir." Chris Paul. Chris got Paul one. was another one. Yeah. So that was six technical fouls. Seven, right? Because if you count the two for yep. Clay, seven total. Absolutely. Seven technical fouls. So they were they were on tilt already. They let Clay and Booker go a while before they actually gave the double T. They did. They did. Yeah. I think it was when they got in each other's face, but Clay was yapping. That was Clay getting in Booker's face. The whistle came, which gave him a moment to actually walk up and like chest to chest Booker. I mean, you wrote about it, but. He was just really on it, though. He was really like Clay was. I don't know if, if Booker it looked like Booker said something. Booker, I was like, Booker had to say something. Clay was mad. Like, in a way, you just don't see Clay get mad. Yeah. I mean, uh, and you pointed, I mean, he wasn't having a very good night either. I mean, you know, he was One not making eight. shots. He did not make shots after the first technical either. You could tell he really wanted to come back and stick a couple. Did not. Gets thrown out, pointing to his, you know, talking about the four rings and all those things, which Booker was actually very good talking about after the game. But I think, and it certainly seems, you know, part of the context that Clay was not having a very good night. Uh, 0 for 5, I think, to that point. I think he ended up 1 for 6, whatever it was. Uh, just not a good in-rhythm Clay night. And he probably was building some frustration. Maybe he was hearing about it from Booker and, and from the Suns bench. I bet you he was hearing it all. Regular kind of trash talk. But... Other than that beautiful pass he threw, that no-look-behind-the-head pass, which it might have been the prettiest pass of his entire NBA career, he was not having a great night. And I'm sure that played part of it. You know, he hasn't had a hot night. They've had, you know, four games. But he really hasn't had a hot night this season. And we know that he's had some, you know, mental str- whatever, like just, just getting through this. So I think all those things were built up. All those things were part of this. And Booker, I think like he wanted to have a big night, TK. I think he oh, wanted no to have no, a big night. No, like, I'm coming no here. I'm about to drop eight threes on these dudes. Right, Booker especially. I mean, I don't know that Booker somebody he dislikes. I think Booker is the kind of player that Clay dislikes. Uh, you know, Myers talked to me a little bit about it last week. Like the the player who gets lives for the acclamation is into the into the glory is into the all the stuff and has not won a title like that's the stuff that bugs the hell out of clay and may, i'm not saying booker for sure i'm saying that that might be the kind oh, of you are <laughs> on it i think you're right on it like <laughs> right booker on it. is also a two guard who has leaped clay in the in the nba packing order that to me is the biggest thing and it's always been compared to clay like always been compared to clay and rightfully so they are similar players i think booker I mean, clearly now since the injuries, you know, Booker's way more dynamic than Clay, but, you know, he was probably even coming out. But that's the guy he aspires to. If he, You know, what's the greatest level that, that Devin Booker can get to is maybe past Clay as an individual player, but it's, you know, Clay is the ceiling as champion, as a, as an, you know, huge performer in clutch moments. Two way, two, right? Devin Booker, you know, in the last couple of years, especially as they've won, has like tried to pride himself like, hey, I can do it on both ends. And But the other thing is like Clay has talked about coming into the season. I want to get back to my all-star form. I believe I can. Devin Booker's in his way for an all-star spot, basically, right? Devin Booker's oftentimes like third, fourth guard on an all-star team, the type of, you know, shooting two guard like high volume shooter but does it with efficiency on a winning team on a winning team if clay thompson was does have the first half that he seems to believe he can have that is who we'd be debating for like you know last all-star spot type thing so i think that all plays into it and the fact that you know the warriors 
aren't playing that well generally as a team. He's obviously not personally playing that well. I saw him, I saw Clay after the Sunday game against Sacramento where he didn't shoot it that well. And, you know, he's frustrated with the minutes restriction, all that. I saw him post game with Draymond, with Steph in the, in the weight room, not in the locker room, but in kind of the adjacent weight room. And you could tell he was a little bit frustrated and they were sitting there having what seemed to be a pretty serious conversation about like, you know, it seemed basketball stuff. It seemed like not that they were diagramming plays, but you could tell they were discussing basketball things in a very serious manner in the weight room. This was probably 35 minutes, 40 minutes post game Sunday. And you could like, and you could tell he's just burning right now to like, you know, immediately get back to who he believes he can be. And, and that clearly led into, led into Tuesday night. They're not playing great too. I think that's part of it. I mean, they were, they were close at the moment that he, he got tossed and then it really tilted the other way. Once he was gone, I just think the energy just all went to Phoenix uh, and the Warriors are not set up right now to counter. It's their first ho- first road game. I think that played into it. But the Warriors aren't playing great. You know, they can't just click it on. Okay, championship, boom, here we go. And, we, you know, we all thought that they were, had the capabilities to be even better this season. They still have those capabilities. But hadn't shown up this, you know, 18-2 and two to start. We keep saying 18-2 and two to start last year without Clay. Uh, and they are not going to be 18-2. and two. <laughs> this, this, I don't think. Unless they run off 16 in a row. They are not going to be 18 and 2 to start this season. It's a different season, different feeling to it, but I think it's all kind of wrapped into a, you know, a kind of an explosion of frustration. You rarely see it from Clay, but I think we might see it more often from him now. He's older, he feels comfortable in his emotions. I, I refer to the time and him getting the, the microphone on opening night was pretty big. It was for him, very shy guy. For many of his, most of his NBA career, he's got the microphone speaking for the whole team. That's including Steph and Draymond and everybody. Um, maybe we'll just see more emotions, more, you know, ups and downs from him on, you know, gesturing and, and verbally. And we saw that, you know, and believe me when he goes, like we know he's going to do, he's going to go for one of those seven for 12s or nine for 14s from threes at some point, And then we'll see an incredible explosion from him then too. Yeah. I mean, and he remember his last preseason game, which was, you know, his debut in the preseason, the only one he played, he had like 18 and 18 minutes. And then in the opener, he did the same thing. It was like 18 and 20 minutes. So he came back with the shot looking good, but it's kind of left him a little bit. Marcus Thompson. Now like, look at this professional wow, version of Marcus Thompson, who is now back on the podcast. <laughs> we've been Just a little hint. We've been watching him in his car getting to his house. So been visually stimulating marcus very well done there's like been like a little movie i mean the commitment here to words plus minus cannot be undersold like oh it can be undersold not by us it can be undersold there are a lot of listeners marcus who who need this content and needed the human who is actually in the building to 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 contribute to this content outside of the drama the bigger thing the one that that kept popping up is just how bad this defense is they are behind the scenes like rolling their eyes like yo <laughs> like yo this is this is some terrible defense they can't seem to stop everybody uh there was one exchange i, I saw where somebody was like people are making everything they throw up and uh one of the uh four-time champion winners are like yeah that, that's what happens when <laughs> when you're repeating like people people are coming for you so you're getting a little bit of them not playing great defense and other teams are like coming for them so that's what everybody was talking about behind the scenes, just how terrible the defense was. Yeah, well, the bigger thing 
it's becoming louder the deeper the sample gets. But the starters are awesome defensively right now. They're like 99 defensive rating. If you look at the, the individual defensive ratings in Kavon Looney's 82 minutes, the Warriors have a 102.1 defensive rating. Draymond Green, it's 107.5. The champions, the champions starting lineup is defending very well right now. The young guys are not. I mean, James Wiseman is a 123.1 defensive rating when he's on the court right now. Obviously, all the other lineups, anything with Kaminga Poole right now. James Wiseman and uh, Jordan Poole have the two worst plus minuses in the NBA in the first week. Minus 54 and minus 52. A lot of it's obviously together. It's the young guys in any lineups that include the young guys that are defending very poorly. And that's something that they, they kind of knew was coming from like, you know, growing pains and developmental time. We all kind of knew was coming, but we just didn't know it was going to be this bad on that end this quick. I look at those minutes with Steph when they start subbing people in, because you know he's going to finish the first, he's not finishing and he will when the minute level goes all the way up. But he, it's those back end of the first and third quarters when they put Poole in for Clay, when they put Wiseman, now you know, Wiseman is locked into minutes when they put Wiseman in for Looney and he played early this game because they clearly want to match him up with Aiton and they work in some of the other guys Moody this game Kaminga and other games those have been bad <laughs> those have been bad minutes and those are very valuable minutes because they're Steph minutes and it's when Steph is in a rhythm he feels like he's going and they cannot do much and those have been pl- a big part of those 70 point first halves the last three games is that 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 mix with Steph and the young players hasn't worked well. Then you you turn it over and you go into the second quarter, and that isn't good defensively. But we you know we kind of then you're taking Steph out, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> so you don't have the offense going, and you know a lot of this Jordan Pool again, small sample size, but you pay him the what you pay him, and you figure okay, at least you're going to go offensively. At least you're going to carry. Well, they're still only paying him three point nine. That's right. Sure. That, not so till next year. Don't count till next year. You don't have to pay. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, it's just not. I mean, you again. That's. People hate the plus minus, love whatever you look. It, it does kind of look at defense. It's like one of the few stats that kind of feels like it really counts defense. Even if you're scoring okay, if you're crappy on defense, it's going to show up there. And we're seeing it with Poole. We're seeing it with Wiseman. Like they're just their shots they're giving up when those two guys are on the floor that they don't give up most of the times. And that's problematic. That's a second unit thing. It's a backup thing. Whatever it is, it's a thing. And they are dealing with it over and over again. To me, the concern is more Wiseman than Poole. Poole, in that 18-2 and start that you referenced last season, was the starting shooting guard on the best defense in basketball to start that year. He just obviously had a playoff run where at times his defensive warts were picked at, but he has shown within a championship rotation he can at least be a cog defensively that doesn't sink a ship. Where... Wiseman, you know, we saw this his rookie year, you know, when he was in the Curry lineups, they would be much worse than when Looney was out there I saw yesterday yeah I think there was some something to do with them wanting to match him up with Aiton but I I thought some of the rotation tweak was they wanted to see him with the starters and they wanted to see Looney with the second unit could Looney help the second unit defend and could Wiseman's offense pop like it has he's been really good offensively at times uh early this season could he survive defensively with the starters the problem is right now even his numbers with the starters the defense is bad and that to me is a greater concern because I think like in modern NBA, if a big man is struggling defensively, that's a lot harder to hide than if a Jordan Poole is like not that great in the backcourt. With the Looney Draymond behind Poole, you can hide it better than when Wiseman's on the court. He's like in every action. He's supposed to be the back line. And it's just through four games, only four games, it's just it's a problem right now. 
the issue to me is like this isn't a quick fix. Oh, they don't have anybody else. They don't have anybody else to play there. Yeah, this this is it. This is what it is. So, how many games can they win while these guys get it? Like even Moody, who's been really good defensively, you could see him. It's not automatic. The rotations and the sets. He does get give up some drives. Like he does, and he's good. He's good on ball. Like you can see him pressuring. They uh, that was interesting. They put Kaminga on. Chris Paul, like they, uh, this first time all year, I've seen him. Like, are right, you picking up full court? And maybe that's just the Chris Paul thing. But there's no quick fix for this. These guys have just have to learn, and you got to start wondering, like, where will they be, and how many games can they win? Especially if this is the big game, playing against the champs, and people aren't going to miss shots, and they're going to bring their A game. Can they win enough games before they have to? Before Steve just has to go, veterans, <laughs> right, and has to start playing these guys maybe it changes when you get regular minutes they got one guy they got one guy they can pull out it's andre Godala, right i mean i don't how, who else do they have they can say okay i mean you could tighten a rotation yeah yeah nine to me they have this very difficult balance right now which is you know you can win games right now with that starting lineup just playing so many minutes together and dominating it's why they're two and two and you know they're coming up they're about to play charlotte orlando detroit like you can win games where just the starting lineup just gets you they up. gotta win those though. yeah for <laughs> sure but i think a much healthier way to develop some of these young guys is to not just you know you're going starting lineup by themselves yeah like the hockey stuff by is themselves. wild it's got to be much more intermixing because I think that's just a – you know, Jordan Poole, like part of the reason his plus minus is so much worse than last year is not just because he's playing worse. It's because he's like being forced to go out there with this like entirely new young second unit with not great defenders behind him where he's used to having great defenders behind him. I just think there needs to be more intermixing. But that does threaten the idea of like, hey, you have this like awesome five-man unit that dominates together and you're splitting them up. You probably shouldn't do that. It's just kind of difficult to put this rotation together right now. I mean, I agree with you, but take, I haven't looked, but take a look at those stuff, Jordan Poole, Mitts, Slater. They're not, they have not been good. Uh, you know, so they have mixed it a little bit because they always mix it a little bit with the guards because they take Clay out and put Poole in. And, uh, you know, it just, that hasn't worked either. They're just, they've, they've had a couple and it's Wiseman and it's Poole. Like wherever they put them, those minutes have not been good. And some of them have been with Steph. I think that what he put Wiggins in with a second unit tonight. You know, listen, no Dante DiVincenzo, so it's going to hard, be hard exactly. But I think they're going to have and to then put... then the Ty Jerome. Yeah, like, Ty Jerome. Oh, I mean, yeah. they're going to have to mix up the... They are going to have to put some veterans in there with the youth. You cannot put them all together. The problem with that, though, is then you still need backup minutes, right? You still can't... You can't play these guys 38. So that means maybe Kaminga playing more with Steph than he would if he's not in the set. Like, there's going to be ripple effects because these guys have to play. We've talked about it. There just aren't a lot of other ways for them to do this at some point they have to get to you know they trust these guys or they're going to be in february and go oh we really can't trust those guys what do we do now we got iguodala and not a lot you know what jamichael green can be their backup center like they they don't have a lot of outs right now so much is bet on these young guys and it's four games but we can tell like there's there's maybe a little more bumpiness than they thought it was going to be and it helps if clay is shooting the ball well right it helps if one of the the player who's normally the on. guy they the veteran they sink in there with a second unit it's clay you know it's normally the guy who does that and they can't do that now with a minutes restriction and i don't know how much he would help anyway at this point but yeah a lot of other things would help you know draymond's energy's been good the last few games he's been up and down you know that's what they're doing day. they're wasting these draymond green performances yeah. like <laughs> yeah those used to be wins automatically slater 
Hey, contract season Draymond, I don't think he's slowing down anytime <laughs> soon, or at least he doesn't want to slow down anytime soon. They have another problem rotationally. When we talked about it going into the season and they saw some of the Wiseman Kaminga stuff together in the preseason, particularly the preseason finale, and it was like, all right, let's try him together. That that's their worst two man combo right now. It, I haven't looked, but that might be the worst two man combo in the league. I mean, it's very limited, but I think we're seeing early on like Jonathan Kaminga is a four, and they're just having a very hard time finding four minutes available for him because he has Draymond Green, Jamichael Green, Looney's got to play in the front court. Wiseman, they're giving minutes to. There's just not many available, you know, power forward minutes, and he's not really a small forward at this point of his career. And he's kind of on the outside looking in right now, and like that's not a good thing, right? I'm looking at this. The minutes we that he, knew this was coming. Yeah. Didn't we talk about yeah. this? That he might be the guy squeezed out. He's the guy that you can't really plot somewhere. You can't. Then that's good because his his talents are so varied. But also it's bad because I don't know exactly what he does great. Like what does he do great on a really good team? Un is to be determined. I think the minutes are maybe if Jamichael Green loses some minutes, and we know Kerr's not going to do that. That's where yeah, they that's are. It. That's yep. the minutes. That's where they because are. Because the three minutes aren't great. You don't really, you don't want to screw around with Steph minutes by putting him at the three. You, you want Moody in there. DiVincenzo can even play because Clay can slide to the three, basically playing three anyway. The minutes are four, and is Michael Green going to make sure you're going to get him 18, 20 for sure every night, or do you, you cut that down? I think maybe that's where this heads. Uh, yeah, I think you're. I think Kaminga more naturally is a four in in this on this roster, tending towards five sometimes. I was going to say the other guy he could take minutes from. I'm not saying they're going to do it, but like Wiseman, you know, it was Moody on the edge of the rotation to start the season. He's now ahead of Kaminga. I mean, it could theoretically for a few games be Wiseman on the outside looking in because Kaminga makes the most, you you know, what does he do well? He's fast as hell and like a slasher, like, you know, in the dunker spot. Remember that preseason game where he had like four straight dunks because they were going small ball lineups. It was him and Draymond in the front court and he was having the Iguodala dunker spot situation i'd love to see him and, and kerr tried it last night in the second half when it was game was kind of out of hand him with this with the starters in place of looney kerr calls that the switching lineup because everybody can switch every position looney's kind of like that too but not quite the same i think they're committed to playing weissman like they just seem like that's the guys you know we know kerr can go up and down with young guys has done it with weissman in the past i think like that's the backup center Going to play him at backup center, you know, doesn't mean it's forever. Doesn't mean it's guaranteed. But that just seems seems to be what he's sticking with. There are you see some improvements. It's all based on a sliding scale. I know there are things he does that are not good, specifically on defense. But he's catching the ball better. He seems to be you know shooting the ball with more touch. He's not as rushed on offense. Maybe that same kind of development can happen on defense too. So that's like, I think they're playing Wiseman. So like everything else has got to fit around that. And if you look at the one piece that can be moved around or lessened, I think it's Jamaco Green. If you're talking about where Kaminga can land. Does not mean that's going to happen. We know Kerr likes him, but that's the minutes I see. Yeah, it's, to me, it's, it's Jamaco Green. I, I agree. I, I, but I do think, you know, when they got the starters and then Looney gets pulled, I think that's the moment to bring in Kaminga. That maybe three minutes starting at six minutes left in the quarter before Steph is cl- clearly going to come out with like two something left. Give him that little window. Cause to me, that's the best you're going to be able to do with it. Move Draymond center, put him at four. But I also think he needs to be on the court with players who are good <laughs> because if like he was trying to take jock 
off the dribble and it's like Kaminga, right yeah Kaminga, yeah he was trying yeah. to take jock off the dribble and it's like nah that's not what you need to be doing and also you're not really doing it so you put him with draymond you put him with you know staff and clay and wiggins and now it becomes very clear what his role is on that court right it's not hey i got this guy this guy's in front of me but you put him with those other guys it looks like it's harder for him to be disciplined. Hey, TK, Jordan Poole has a plus with one other, you know, two-man lineup. He's a, he's a positive with one other player. Who Who, who is it? Who's uh, let me think here. Um, I have a guess. Yeah, Moses Moody. I have a guess. Kevon Looney, because he's been their best player. Like, Kevon Looney? I mean, plus I bet Kevon Looney's two-man lineups are positive. What's, no what's matter he, who what's he, he with, with Steph? What's Jordan Poole with Steph? Who was that? You know what? It doesn't even get that far. Uh, it's way. They haven't played Let's a ton of minutes yeah. together. Not, not they play. I mean, they sub Jordan in for Clay. Yeah. I mean, I mean they've definitely know, gone to that like yeah. you know whatever you want to call it pool party lineup. The hundred million dollar you know across the board lineup. Oh oh, I got another row. Sorry, my bad. There's another row. Okay, minus seventeen. Nice. Okay. That's that's how cool. many minutes? Not and fifty three minutes. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's ten. That's which was crazy. Games. Like historically, right? They love that combo been a great offensive combo it, it uh, has not worked so great again very short i think some of the shot you know again you know one three-point shot rattling in and out is a big deal when it's four games it's a big deal you kind of got to get through the noise but they are you know they lost a couple games it's worth looking at and also i just was looking at this guy like i've never really felt this with the steph dynasty warriors for a long time but it felt like they they it was different on the road for them like they were a little rattled first road game of the season but i think the young players like, like this is we have to start thinking about this like a normal NBA team a little bit. It's not with the dynasty guys, but those young guys are are so important. And some of the other guys, like Dante Divincenzo or Jamichael Green or whatever, like they're like a normal it's NBA so team. So brand new yeah, to this them. Is a normal yeah, NBA yeah. team. This is not like oh yeah, oh yeah. Now this now on the road. Okay, you got to give them. Wait a minute, they're getting down to the Celtics. They're even better. That's the other guys. That's not some of the guys that we're talking about who probably are going to decide this season or have a big part of it. And I thought they got rattled. I thought they just definitely, the technicals, definitely, like, all of a sudden, Clay's mad. And instead of getting better, they just kind of disappeared. They kind of shrunk. That's not normal for what we've seen from the Warriors. But I think we're going to maybe, you know, they've been a great road team for a long time. Maybe that part is for sure where we're going to see the practical effects of kind of turning over the roster like they've done. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's just going to come down to the stomach Steve Kerr has, right? Like how long he could he could handle it before he starts willing this willing this thing down to eight or nine players. Like he and he seems 
like not fine with it. Like he's he was just destroying the defense last night, but he seems like unworried, right? He's just like, uh, we'll get it together. Look, we could, we all knew this was how it was going to go entering the season. Like they're not obsessed like last season of like getting as many wins as possible early in the season. It makes complete logical sense, regardless of what James Wiseman's plus minus are plus minus is to get him as many minutes as possible early in the season because like we know what he's lacking it's experience it's ability to get better through developmental reps so you know a team that we saw by the way there was like months last season that the Warriors looked terrible that they would remember that one stretch that without Draymond they were probably like three and 12 or something I might right be before they had the win streak at the end of the season they looked terrible you know, when I thought they were going to end up like, like what they saved a three seed or four. Yeah, they, like, were, they were like, here comes Dallas. Yeah, here comes Dallas. They're going to lose that seat. And like, boom, all of a sudden they win every game down the backstretch and they're in, they're the three seed and win you know. without step there. But I just, my general, I guess, point is like, they're not coaching obsessively to win that game in Phoenix last night. If that was playoff game one, Steve Kerr's coaching it very different. And it's tough at times when you're covering you know, every single game and there only has been four games in the season. You want to like dig as deep as possible into the minutia. And, and if this minor tweak could have helped them there, but then you take a step back and you're like, yeah, it's, it's pretty obvious why they're coaching this way. It's the long-term approach that we knew was coming. The long-term approach is this season too, right? It's not like into the future. They kind of need these. Like we talk about narrowing down the rotation they could, but that's Dante DiVincenzo and to Michael Green, as part like we don't know that that's Otto Porter and Gary, you know Gary Payton the second light. We don't know that, so they don't know that. Then we're also talking about the young, you know, the lottery picks. They some of these guys have to be good for them to win a championship. Like some of them, whatever the, of the players I listed, I don't know that all of them have to be good. Some of them have to be good. Moses Moody, James Wiseman, Jonathan, Mink, like that is pretty important to this. Not five years from now, it's like. The way the roster says, like they need to be pretty good, unless they're going to get an incredible season out of Andre Iguodala in the, you know, in, in the playoffs, or they're going to get, you know, some things like Jamaco Green or whatever. But I don't know. I think they've decided Wiseman's going to be the guy. Now, however long they like, that's a guy. They're going to play him. I think it's worth it. I think I'm pretty optimistic about where he is. I don't know if it's going to be in May or June, but I think I'm pretty optimistic that this is going to be a pretty good NBA player. I just think that's where their chips are, and they don't have a lot of wiggle room around it. The other thing is, like, you know, what if Looney misses three weeks in March? What if Draymond's out a month in January? They will feel a lot more comfortable plugging Wiseman, plugging Kaminga in, the better they can get right now. The minutes, the absolutely, yeah, the minutes that they can get. You know, they got to get Kaminga more minutes, even (laughs) You know, you want to say, what are the answers to make sure they win on Thursday against the Heat? Well, maybe it's like eight-man rotation, veterans, whatever, but that's just not how they're going to operate. They could use Gary Payton the second. <laughs> that's somebody that I don't question that. They couldn't sign him. The money was too much. And he's not playing now because he's, he's hurt. But you look at, like, what's one player that they don't have from last season that would like really make a difference right now? It would be Gary Payton the second. Oh, well, that's the way life goes. That's the way, where the roster goes. But... Man, they could, somebody just go grab a go grab a wing player and say you are not getting to the basket. I don't care what, and you're not. And every shot you take is going to be contested. They don't. Really if you that. knew you were giving Jordan Poole that much more money <laughs> when they let GP two walk, did, did, was the number for Poole what it ended up no. being? It's probably like four for a hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was not that. <laughs> but the problem was that number. It's like you might as well kept GP, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting, interesting math we could do there, uh, but. 
they miss him. They really, I mean, Otto Porter was really important too, and Steve really leaned on him, and he made some big shots early season. No question. He, but man, Gary, you just you do look at it, you go, Gary Payton II would solve a lot of these things uh, uh, that they are not doing right now, and they want. You know, I've kind of said Kaminga could. That's their wild card. Is the GP two very different player? But that's the wild card, and that is a big difference between what GP two gave them for a lot of last season and what Kaminga's giving them now. It could change. I uh, think if Moody can do it, I think Moody can do could. it. Good, he could, and he can hit Give some more shots. So you know, the, I mean, they got guys. The whole point of this is they got guys. They just need to figure out how to make sure they're valuable, and that hasn't really happened. But again, four games. You know who looks great with their little with their new championship glow? Just got a little air about them. Wiggins, man, no, Wiggins, <laughs> Wiggins has turned into one of them guys. It's wild. He just like he doesn't even look at anybody else anymore. I mean, he'll pass the ball, but there's no indecisiveness in his How mind. How about that there's early no... game mid post against Chris Paul where he turned around? He's like, "Oh, Chris Paul's on yeah, me!" Like, yes. yeah, yeah. like yeah. it was like almost Durant like, like, "Oh, you gonna put him on me?" Like, bucket. I was like, "Oh, geez. yes." And they're like, "Hey, man, we're struggling." Wiggins, where you at? Get, get Wiggins go, the get some, go get a Wiggins bucket. Will, Wiggins will cook these dudes. You know what I'm not, I'm noticing more the other way. Like now, like when he, he like missed like four shots in the fourth quarter, whatever it, it happens, and like but there's no tension. Like, oh my god, he's coming up short. He's not. He's not big. You just don't feel that anymore. It's like ah, he missed some shots. Steph misses shots. Clay missed shots. Guys missed shots. He's part of it. Right? You said it right, Mark. He's Yo, just he's part fully of it. in. He's part yeah. of this. <laughs> and again, that's why they needed to resign him. I mean, he's part of this, and he's guarding them. Booker and he's going to regard every single good defensive player. And hey, he's got a ring. He's got a new contract. He's fighting. This dude doesn't care. He's fighting he's for like re- I'm going for it. He's fighting for rebounds. Like you check when the you know when the ball's being batted around and they're fighting on the boards and it's a littler guy going against a bigger opponent. It's Wiggins like almost every time fighting for the rebound. Uh, he's part of this. Like he is fully part. He's the big four, big five, big six, whatever he wants to call it. He is as the wig huge six. Is that what you said? Wig like six. <laughs> wig six. <laughs> it's good to see. I mean, like, he's obviously a great guy. Everyone, nice. everyone likes him. Uh, he's been, you know, had a tough early part of his career. Not, you know, wasn't a terrible player. He wasn't a great player though. And now, like twenty four million next year for for Andrew Wiggins. Are you kidding? That's me? what's crazy. Two years ago, he was considered among the least tradable contracts in the league. People were shocked that, like, oh, you know, wow, they got off him for D'Angelo Russell. They had to attach Jonathan Kaminga, essentially a high lottery pick, unprotected or you know, lightly protected. Now, with where the TV money's going, where he his career has gone. And where this pay cut of a salary is going, he's probably the most one of well, I shouldn't say the, but like he's one of the most tradable contracts in the league. I'm not saying they're going to, but if that was dangled, you have on the a market, hard time finding five more tradable. Yep, yep. twenty at his position, twenty four million. Especially yeah. if you're considering people who've extended. And we're not talking about like you know Cade Cuttingham or something. Obviously, yeah, 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 yeah. A guy on but, his second whoo. contract, the third contract, really, and at twenty four million, you plop him on. The Boston Celtics and how good any team. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, it's just, team. Although Mikael Brid- right Bridges is really good last night, but I mean that's a good player. It's a comp for for Wiggins, better defensive player, worse offensive player. But man, Mikael Bridges is a really good player, and he. You want to know what's crazy? 
Wiggins was much better on Luka in the playoffs than yep, Mikael yep, Bridges you're was right, on. You're right. Bridges wasn't great in the playoffs. Like that's one of the reasons why they Bridges is yeah. good on on guards. Yep. He's really good. He's good on, on Steph. Guards. I remember. Yeah, always good. On great Steph. on Steph. Always good yeah, on he's Steph. always good on Steph. Great on passing lanes. Like he's a kind of a two. You know, he defends the twos. He's out. You know, he's not as good when you put a body on him. And Luka's all body. His wingspan has to matter, right? It has to be an advantage he's a good player again was not great and who nobody was great for them in 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 the dallas series but he's a really good player he would have bugged them i said it's like he would have bugged the warriors in the playoffs they would have put him on steph and the warriors would have to figure that out i think they would have ended up beating the suns but that would have been something for them to figure out it would have been something to figure out absolutely like you can see steph there was a part where steph had like 10 shots (laughs) and that's a lot of that was Mikael Bridges. He just, they have to go off the ball because you saw Draymond swing twice trying to get Steph that little sneak behind the the, the screen and, and Mikael Bridges picks it off. Like he's just always there. He's seven foot two wingspan and you just got to deal with it. But I don't think that's enough still. Mark is one of the things I wanted to talk about. You know, we were all there ring night, you know, with the Draymond return and just kind of the tension of that situation and everything that surrounded it, post-game locker room, everything. You know, you could feel kind of the tension as they were trying to bring him back into the fold. Where uh, And in part of Draymond's talking points since the incident happened in the preseason is like everything just needs time it feels so fresh right now wait till two weeks from now wait till three weeks from now I have felt and particularly Sunday which was the last game I was at I know that was when Patrick Mahomes was you know dropping 500 <laughs> yards on the Niners uh, you guys uh, had that to see game, that show, did that but, game even exist I don't even remember that other game yeah you know, I was in the locker room post game, and it is a little bit of a lighter atmosphere. And, you know, I'm not saying Draymond and Jordan Poole are sitting there having a 20-minute conversation, but there was a little bit more within a group, like, chatter, lightness in in the mood. And then, uh, you know, and Steve Kerr has mentioned this. He's loved – he used the word approach. He's loved Draymond's approach the last few games. He's playing really well. He's talking a lot. If he doesn't like a call while he's sitting on the bench, he's jumping up and, you know, either getting on one of his teammates like, hey, good job, or yelling at a referee or something like that, like for his teammates. It does feel like it's thawing out a little bit. And maybe we should have just known that because, like he said, you know, time does heal a lot. But, Marcus, you were there in Phoenix last night. I'm like, are you getting the same sense? I'm getting that it is lightening up a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. What was the game before that? That was the Nuggets. They lost to Denver. So after that game, I was talking with Draymond in the locker room about the defense and what he saw. Like, he and Jordan Poole, they were next to each other. And, you know, I think to that point from what I could see from our limited access it looked like it was very choreographed that when Jordan Poole was at his locker, Draymond wouldn't be there, right? The part of him giving the space. But after that game, they were they were next to each other. They were fine. Little Draymond Jr. was there helping him cut the tape off his ankles. And he had gone to the shower, and Draymond Jr. was there. So Steph helped Draymond Jr. scare Draymond. He hid behind the door. Steph's like, hide behind this door and jump out. And it was like a cute little moment where it was like, all right, you got me. Cause he actually did scare Draymond. <laughs> he did startle him. So like you can see it and there's a part of Draymond you can tell is still, you know, being cool, right? He He's not talking very much to other people. And, you know, he's normally the most like talkative one, right? He's still a little bit short with his words, right? He's still like, he's going he's gonna to answer the questions. He's going to give you the good answer. But the the chatty vibe is just not there. But amongst them, you can definitely tell 
that it's getting better. Like it's you can coming see back. over, you can see like in a month from now, the people who bring this up will be causing a problem. Everybody in locker rooms will be like, "Why are you bringing this?" <laughs> That's up? you. Like, That's you, me, and Slater. <laughs> We're gonna be causing the problem. Now it's gonna be some like reporter dropping in. They're gonna be gonna be in a city, and it's gonna be like, "Hey, so yeah, how are you guys overcoming this?" <laughs> Two nights after that is the Sunday game, and. Steph Curry had a bunch of 2K23 golf, you know, Tiger Woods, uh, or I guess it's not Tiger Woods, but it's like a video game uh, that Steph's on, right? Have you guys seen this? Like Steph's on the latest like 2K golf video game. He had a box of those video games that were like sent to him and he had them kind of in the middle of the locker room and he was explaining to like Draymond didn't even know he was on the game and Jordan Poole's coming over. They're all kind of asking him about it, like how cool it is. And there was more of a group, you know, group conversation. Everyone's like, you know, asking about stuff in, in that video game. And, you know, that's a two days later than the one you're talking about. And it did feel a little bit more communal, you know, able to get in on those type of conversations. So slowly but surely, it, it does feel like the separation of time from the situation is at least helping them move on. Yeah, man. If you if you got all good people involved, like reconciliation is easier, right? And time, you know, as they say, heals all wounds. As long as people are being the, the best of themselves, and I think they are. I think they're trying really hard to do it. You can just feel it's it's different. It's just something like you could. I think it was a couple of games ago. Somebody asked in the in the press conference, and we could tell it was like I think it was a reporter from New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, he asked a bunch of questions. He was the one that asked Steph about night night. He's like, "What what about when other teams do night night back to you?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could tell it was like, "All right, uh, how much you know? We got we gonna we gonna deal with this a little bit longer." But after a while, we're getting to the point where it's worth you got to mention it contextually, but just directly asking about it, uh, it's probably gonna be passe just because they are working really hard to put it behind them. And it's all, I think it's it's almost there. Now they just need to, I think losing actually helps them in that situation. They all have to kind of focus on winning and getting back to where they need to be. And like, th- there's this elephant in the room they got to actually deal with. And it's not the incident. It's the defense, right? It's winning. So I do think that that helps them. It's also the fact that, you know, I think we both talked about it after the opener, but it was like, you know, the way Draymond was handling it had, was uh, allowing it to linger a little bit much where, I mean, to me, he's like kind of turned the corner and trying to, you know, have it be moved past. Obviously he talked about it at TechCrunch, but I, I think he's kind of done speaking about it since then. And he's playing really well. Yeah, he is. And he's like playing in a very, like I said, like, you know, team, obviously like he's always has like a very like team oriented style. I mean, he's always trying to pass. He's always, you know, making the extra rotations defensively, but he's just like that high energy Draymond. And if he's that on a daily basis, like he's going to erase enough defensive mistakes of his teammates. He's going to make enough nice passes. He's going to yell at the refs enough, you know, you know, in favor of, of his team that it's becomes easier for people to move on. Speaking of moving on, that's our show. <laughs> what a clever outro right there. That's a segue of segues. You going to be at Thursday's game? Uh, No, I'm not going to be at Thursday's game. All right. Well, Mo- road warrior Marcus Thompson uh, has done his share of, of, of road games to open the season. You got a, You got a uh, an emotional one. Right, I got I got some drama. I got some I got some intensity here. It was, it was great, especially you know Phoenix hanging out afterwards, trying to 
get you know everything's in that one little area. Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins was back there. Oh, obviously Damian Lee was the welcome addition to the Warriors locker room. Him and uh Sadell and uh Daxon, like they were like so it was like a, a bit of a reunion too as well because you know they all with some Damian like inter like you know game beef mixed in that yeah like, yeah right it's, it's, it was interesting uh you know Steph Scott Damian Lee's Phoenix Sun jersey hanging up in a locker room and he comes in with his uh ninety it was nineties night so he's got the overalls with the one strap and the sunglasses like it, it was just that whole little area where you kind of get everything it was kind of bustling it was it was interesting I'm not saying this to say that you know. You missed out or anything, but it was. It well, was guess definitely. what? I'm about to get Charlotte, which uh, you know it could be interesting. I'm about to get Detroit, Orlando, Miami. Not exactly, you know, as as rivalry fueled or or as, as close personal ties as a Phoenix game. But there's always interest. You know, you go to Florida, weird stuff happens. I'll just say that. Hey, I didn't expect anything to happen. So pretty much with this team, with all these rock stars, like <laughs> you never know what will happen anyway. So prepare for it to be eventful. I feel like every time I go to an Orlando Magic game, like something weird happens. So I'm prepared. All right. Well, until next time, we will see you.